In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus told the parable in our gospel lesson to teach us about the kingdom of God. Want to know what it's going to be like? Listen to what Jesus says. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. Jesus teaches us that the day of judgment will come, and when it does, all must stand before him to receive their eternal sentence. The day is coming when the king of kings will settle accounts with every one of his servants. This is clearly taught in the Holy Scriptures. St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Jesus himself says, Do not fear those who can kill only the body. Fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Hell's not a very popular subject. In fact, it's common today for people to believe that hell doesn't exist. I'm sure you have a friend that believes that when you die, there's just nothing. No accountability for your life, no judgment, no settling of accounts. But this is simply wishful thinking, and it's wrong. The scriptures are clear. No one knows the day or hour, but judgment will come, and then all will stand before Jesus, the judge and king. But that's not all this parable teaches us. In fact, it teaches us something far more central to the gospel message. Something that gives us a glimpse into the very heart and nature of God. He wants to be merciful. He wants to forgive. He desires that no one should perish, but that all would be saved. This king forgave his servant an impossibly large debt. A debt he could never have repaid. He owed 10,000 talents. How much is that? Well, a talent in today's money is about $1.4 million. And how long would it take you to pay back a loan of $1.4 million? Now multiply that by 10,000. An astronomical amount. This man represents you and me. And the impossible debt is our sin. The Bible says that one sin, the Bible says that one sin earns an eternity in hell. So what does the second and third sin earn us? This reminds me of how some criminals get sentenced to multiple lifetimes in prison. I've always wondered about that. How does that work? How is a guy supposed to serve three consecutive life sentences? You could say he has an impossible debt. But the point here is not to focus on our great debt of sin. Yes, it's very big. You were born already a sinner. And then after birth, you racked up a whole bunch more sin. All true. But that's not the point. 
The point is this. No matter how great your debt of sin, the mercy of God is always greater. No one can outsin the forgiveness of God. There is no debt so big that he cannot forgive it. And he wants to forgive. This is how God likes to settle accounts. He says to his servants, bring in all the sinners so I can forgive every one of them. Now when the man who owes more than he could ever pay comes before the Lord, he falls down on his knees and begs for mercy. Be patient with me and I will pay you everything. If we consider this prayer, we realize it's not actually a very good prayer at all. Lord, be patient with me and I'll stop sinning. I'll get my life together and from now on, I'll be a good person. It's just not true. You won't stop sinning. You won't start paying the debt down. It's not going to happen. Every day that we live on earth, it continues to grow. Do you know what the interest on 1.4 million times 10,000 is? It's about half a million dollars every day. Let me tell you, more time is not going to help with that. It's only going to get worse. But guess what? The Lord hears his imperfect prayer, knowing that he will never keep his promises, knowing that he can never begin to pay it back. And the Lord has mercy on him anyway. This is wonderful news for you and me. God is not waiting for you to say the right words, to pray the perfect prayer. His mercy is simply ready to overflow upon us. And at the slightest hint of a repentant heart within us, and by the way, that's the Holy Spirit's work in our heart, then in comes the tidal wave of forgiveness, sweeping away every sin. Did any of you parents ever get a card from your three-year-old? I'm sure you did. And what did it look like? A hand-drawn assortment of scribbles that you look at and you think, I don't even know what this is. And this is often what our prayers sound like to God. Far from perfect, perhaps even unintelligible. But God hears this prayer anyway, and receives it just as you receive the drawing from your child with joy. And then he pours out all his mercy and forgiveness on us. This is how God likes to settle accounts. It's what he loves to do, no matter how great the debt. So if God loves to forgive every debt and every sinner, does this mean that every person will go to heaven? Unfortunately, no. The Bible teaches very plainly that many people will refuse God's mercy. It simply sounds too good to be true, and they won't believe it. 
It must be a trick. The Lord only says that the debt is forgiven because he wants to charge me late fees and interest like the credit card companies. You know how they work. They love it when you're late. That's when they make the real money. So, of course, I must still owe this debt. He can't mean what he says. So I need to go out and put the first payment together, starting with my buddy over here who owes me a hundred bucks. And that's exactly what happened. The man who had already been forgiven everything went out and started trying to pay the debt that no longer existed. Jesus says, those who have been forgiven much will love much. Had this man been forgiven much? Indeed he had. But he refused to believe it. In his mind, he hadn't been forgiven anything. He still owed the whole debt. And because of that, there could be no room for mercy in his heart. He couldn't afford to love and forgive his brother. Instead, he started choking him. Pay me what you owe. And then a familiar scene unfolded. His fellow servant fell down on his knees and begged for mercy using the same words. Be patient with me and I will pay you. And the man refused. Just as he refused to believe that the Lord could actually forgive him a great debt, so he refused to forgive his brother a small debt. The end of the story is sad. The Lord said to him, You refuse to believe that your debt is gone? You really want to live in a world where there is no forgiveness and no mercy? Then so be it. Your will be done. Go out and live for eternity in that place where the mercy of God cannot be found. And that man was delivered over to the torturer until he should pay the whole debt. In other words, he was sent to hell for eternity. But this fate is not what God wanted for him. As far as God was concerned, the whole debt was already forgiven. Jesus paid for every sin of every person with his blood on the cross. The debt of this entire world has already been erased. But many people will refuse to believe in God's mercy and instead will try to pay for their sins on their own. This parable serves as a warning. Don't try to pay your debt to God. You can't. It's impossible. The interest is piling up faster than you could ever pay it down. More time will only add more sins to the pile. Instead, cast yourself upon the mercy of God, who loves you so dearly that he sent his beloved son to die in your place. Trust what your heavenly father tells you in his word. 
Your debt has been stamped, paid in full. Believe that no matter how feeble your prayer is, no matter how imperfect the words, God hears and receives your cry for mercy just as a parent receives the terrible drawing of a three-year-old with joy. God loves to settle the account books by throwing them away. And what is it that we contribute toward our debt? Nothing. Instead, we believe the words of Jesus on the cross. It is finished. Every sin has been paid for. The whole debt is gone. And now, unlike the man in our parable... What are you going to go out and do now that you've been forgiven everything? Well, you could start by loving and forgiving your neighbor. This isn't something you have to do. It's just what happens. It naturally flows out of you when you realize how much God has already forgiven you. You can't help it. Those who have been forgiven much Love much. And this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. God loves you and has forgiven you everything. And this enables you to love and forgive your neighbor. In the name of Jesus. Amen.